this is Lewis Johnson taking my love of sports into the world of esports with my co-host Kyle Airy, and we're breaking down what's happening in the esports industry. We're talking with great guests, influencers, and most importantly, we want to talk to you. So welcome to All In with Esports. All right, everybody. Hey, welcome back. Another edition of All In with Esports. I got to tell you, I'm just loving this platform. For those of you who've been listening to some of the shows, I may have said it once before, but it's like my entire career, all of my conversations have been like a minute, minute and a half, two minutes in that mixed zone, that area where the athletes and the media mix. That's what we call it, the mixed zone. And it's always a rush. I mean, that's the way it is. But here's a platform finally where I can stop and have a conversation with somebody. And I'm really enjoying it. You're going to love this one today, I promise you. And for those of you who are new to our uh, platform and everything, I want you to make sure that you are logging on to esportsfuturide.com. We've got so many other things happening, other podcasts, other great hosts with talking esports, business, news, technology, everything. Twitter.com is as well, uh, forward slash esports map. And then on Facebook, uh, you can surely find a lot of content there. So we've got a lot happening, and I hope you're enjoying checking it all out and glad you're back with me again today. So when you've been in a particular field for a long time, you get to see the generations come and go. And that's really true for me in covering sports the last 25 years and some change. I don't mind dating myself. It's all good. And I've had the privilege of meeting some incredible folks, I mean, all over the world, athlete and as a journalist, these relationships are something that I really, I really means a lot to me because, you know, as you move through your life and through your career, it's great to make these connections and relationships with people who are traveling the same path or something similar. And I've had that happen over and over and over again all these years. And then the chance to be right there. And I mean, right there when they do their thing, I'm talking about the athletes in competition on some big stages, you know, just imagine thousands of people packed inside a stadium with that deafening roar. And then that eerie silence, and then back to the roar. I mean, that's what I that's what I love. I mean, damn, I think I'm having a moment right here because I miss it so much. <laughs> I do, especially with the Olympics being canceled in 2020. But you know, one of my life philosophies is I, I truly believe that life is so much less about stuff, about tangible items, and more about experiences and relationships, people. And in my case, it's the athletes who have those performances and, and getting to know them. And, and it could be the most exhilarating moment or it could be the, an absolute devastation. I mean, in the middle of all of that, and I, and I just cherish all those moments. And for those of you who are listening and maybe you haven't lived your life on some of these big sports stages that I'm talking about, look, I think your stage at work with your family is just as important. And I think one of the most important keys is to find your passion, find that thing you love. Make a commitment to it, to pursue it at the highest level, work, family, whatever that may be, and then have the right team of people around you to travel that journey with you. I really believe those things are very important. And that's what my guest has done today. He ID'd his passion. He made a commitment to be one of the best, the best on the biggest stages available to him and that right team around him. And guess what? There's a gaming console always close to him, and it's been that way for years, so I discovered so this young man at 21 became just the third American sprinter, just the third American sprinter at age 23 or under, so pretty young, to win a world title in track and field. That was back in 2019, where he took the gold at the World Outdoor Track and Field Championships, gold medal in the 110-meter hurdles. That was in Doha, Qatar. I know it because I was right there. Well, I was actually right up there. We'll talk about that in a bit. 
And the next stop, he's dreaming of another gold medal, and that would be gold at the delayed Tokyo Summer Olympics later in 2021, and we're hoping that's going to happen. And I'm talking about Grant Holloway. Grant, how are you today, man? I'm doing great, man. It's always a pleasure talking with you, you know. It was funny that you say that because I honestly remember watching, you know, let's for, for example, let's just use Justin Gatlin. Yeah. I remember you interviewing Justin Gatlin and like saying, like, I want to be, I want to be next to Lewis. I want to, I want <laughs> Lewis to give me that hug. I want Lewis to congratulate me. I want Lewis, you know, I just, I was just saying like at that at the time. And then like fast forwarding, you know, we, we had our, we had our talk at USA. We had our talk at Doha. We had our right. talk at Arkansas. It's like, now I can see you one of my close friends. So it's just, it's just funny how time just, it just moves forward, man. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. And it really is something. And, 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 you know, it's so funny to hear you say that because for those of us who are, who have been in this business, I mean, we have a responsibility to be objective journalists, but you can't help but begin to have a connection with people. That's the human side of it. And that's what I love, you know, and uh, we both respect that side. And, 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 and it means a lot, you know, you navigated the U S championships, which people don't understand may be the hardest track meet on the planet oh, because you got to get to the final with some of the best talent in the world and then finishing the top three. And that hurdle race lasts, you know, 13 seconds, a little bit more, a little bit less. You have zero room for error. So for you to do that and then make the world championship team and then come in uh, to that final in, in Qatar. And for those of you who who maybe never been to that side of the world, it was my first time there. I'm assuming yours as well, Grant. Correct. But just explain to people how hot it was outside <sighs> at seven, eight o'clock in the evening. But we were actually, you were competing and I was working in an air conditioned stadium. Yeah. So the roof is open, but the stadium was air conditioned. That was the craziest thing ever. Exactly. It was the craziest thing. So I actually had the luxury of warming up in the indoor track. Um, okay. Oh, was, the the indoor facility right across from the track. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So I had a chance to do that right across the street. Some people decided to warm up outside, but I was just saying, like, there's no need to even stay in that heat if you don't have to. Right. Um, but like, like you said, it was crazy. You look up, if you're outside, but then you look to your right, you see air vents just pumping in AC. Right. Um, right. uh, and all in all, I think it was uh, I think it was a great I think they 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 invested in something uh, amazing. I think me personally, I still felt like I was outside. I, I would say it was a, a modest 85, 80 degrees right. in there. Right. But then you think none of the times, none of those championship records, none of those times are going to have, you know, no W next to it. And that's the biggest thing. No wind. No wind is what you're saying. No wind reading. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was most most unique thing. And I don't know about you, but I got hooked on Qatar and I want to go back. There was just something about the culture, the beauty that, you know, you've got those. It was just a lot, man. I really enjoyed it. But that walking from our NBC compound to the stadium and as you were moving past the uh, the, the portals to go in, you get this blast of cold hair, cold air. When you're outside, it's like 95, the index is 115 or 120, and you can feel the cold air, and you get to your portal and go in, and it dropped to like 80-something. It was yep. it was wild, but it was they did an awesome job. Awesome uh, job. I, I enjoyed every second in Doha. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you then a uh, quick track question here about that performance. When you took the track in Doha for that final, 2019, the U.S. had failed to earn a 110-meter hurdle medal at the previous Olympics in 2016, so no medal for the Americans in Rio, and there had been no medal at the world championships in 2017. So how much of that was on your mind being the top ranked hurdler going into that final, knowing that the U.S. had not medaled in the previous Olympics or worlds? I, honestly, to believe it or not, it was not on my mind at all. Oh. I mean, like it was something that, that was talked about 
after the fact, but going into that race, I didn't think about it once. I think really just going into that race, I just knew if I got out, had a good start and started executing right after hurdle one, just like everything that Coach Hall and I practiced, I think I think it really, really just, you know, it, it set itself up. I think I think that was probably one of the best races I had technically sound to this day. But like you said, big time players make big time games and big time performances. So <laughs> I really, I really enjoyed that race. And not once did I think about, you know, I need to get a medal for USA. Yeah, it just happened. And I'll, and, and, and I'll mention finally, when we uh, spoke about, I was not down there, I was up there. That was the first meet where our mix zone was was way up above the track. And they, you remember having to run those steps? Exactly. From the, that, was from the, that was a workout itself. <laughs> right. That was Exactly. <laughs> you ran a 13-second race and had to make yourself way all the way up those steps to get to us. And and I just remember your face. You were just elated about what had just happened, and it was it was a very cool moment. Then you went on with us at NBC up in the booth, and I think I think your star power really hit then. So it was a cool moment. Let's step back in your life, Grant, and and talk about family. You're from Atlanta. You mentioned to me that your dad was in the military, a Navy man. What was like like growing up with your with your dad, Stan, and your mom, Tasha, and of course your older brother, Trey. Oh, um, it was wonderful. Like you said, my dad was, he was a military mom's a teacher. Trey is a, a track and field athlete as well. But I think my life was, it was no like, oh, I had to, you know, work for everything. I didn't have nothing in my life. I was rather, I would say I was rather spoiled whenever I needed something. Both parents, you know, regardless of the cause, made sure I got it. They made me work for it. You know, my dad had me cutting everybody's grass in the neighborhood. <laughs> um, you know, mom, you know how moms are. They just love you. So like, as long as you're making good grades and doing everything that you had to do, she'll get you whatever you ask for. But, you know, I, w- I was rather like, if I needed something, they got it for me. I played travel football. When I got to high school, of course, played, played football and ran track with them, with everybody in, in high school. But I would say it was, it was a rather great childhood. I think back on it, you know, now that I'm older and, you know, you, you're, you're doing, you know, you're doing job, job-like things. You're like, dang, I really miss just going home, hanging out with the guys out, outside of after school, wondering when we can get, I, you know, just small things like that, you know, not, no big worries. But yeah. I definitely would say my childhood was amazing, you know, regardless of, you know, any hiccups that I had in my life. I think both my parents and the, including my brother, they, everybody loved me so, so much. And, you know, everything, everything to this day goes back to them. Awesome. And so, you know, we're talking esports here. So how early were you a gamer? Oh, man, was, and what were you playing? It started It started real bad. Um, I was already playing. It started Reddit. real bad, you said? Yeah, it started real bad. I, okay, I explain. Already, I was already playing Reddit M games at the age. Well, I don't know how old I was. I, in the fourth grade. So however old you are Whoa. in the fourth grade. So uh, it wasn't horrible. I, of course, I'm not going around acting like this is a video game in real life. But right. um, I think me personally, that really hooked my attention at a young age. You know, mm. I'll go home after school and from like three to nine o'clock, I'm in, I'm in the in my front of my TV playing the game. No break, no, no, nothing. Just everybody's just in front of the TV. I'm not everybody, me, I'm just in front of the TV. But, you know, I got hooked at a young age, but I also think me getting hooked to the game was just an outlet on everything that I wanted to do. Mm. Um, so it was really something that I enjoyed, you know, it was something, it gave me an outlet from track and field, football, and really just life, you know, when I can just put the headset on and really just start playing the game. Wow. And then you were, I guess at that point, you were just playing against the game. You weren't necessarily playing against someone else somewhere else. Is that right? Exactly. I was playing against the game. I started off with single player games. And then about fifth grade, I started playing multiplayer games against other teenagers, grown men. My first multiplayer game that I can remember to this day was Years of War. 
Mm-hmm. I started playing Gears of War. I want to say comparatively, but just logging on, recreation, just having fun, facing other people wasn't the best. But then, like as you, of course, as you get older, you go to sixth grade, seventh grade, you start figuring out. All right, this is this is this is how you do it. And I can always remember it was when I first got my first multiplayer game that I really wanted to take serious was Black Ops One in the seventh grade. And I remember exactly where we were. My mom had had to stand in line with me because I wasn't old enough. <laughs> but, you know, you know, just really thinking about the, you know, the key moments of when it really started. Man, so you were early in the game, literally, uh, figuratively speaking, playing five and six hours a day in the fourth grade, playing grown man games. That is <laughs> something you mentioned football. And of course, we know you was a track and field athlete. I'm just wondering, because for anybody listening, please don't do this when you're driving. But when you get home, I want you to Google search or YouTube search Grant Holloway High School Football. And I want you to see this reel that he has. It's ridiculous. I mean, I'm looking at this going, yo, they need to check your birth certificate because <laughs> you were out there running over people. You were run, you were playing as a wide receiver and some of the the the, pat, the patterns you ran or you catch the ball, I mean, people couldn't tackle you. I even saw you playing a defensive back. It was crazy. So I'm just wondering, what came first for you? Your first love, was it football or was it track and field? I think it was, I think, I, me personally, I want to say it was track and field. But then I started flag football, you know, Pop Warner flag football at such a young age. I think it all just lumped together. So I, I wasn't, I'm not actually positive, but I want to say it was track and field. But then, like I said, I, I can't, I can't put a, I can't put a, a finger on it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But you at some point had to make a decision. I've had to, I've had the, the really enjoyment of working the, was the Army All-American Bowl, High School All-American Bowl many times in, in San Antonio. And I watch young kids, 17 years old, trying to make these massive decisions about where they're going to go to school. They got much, much pressure on them. So when you look to be, you know, junior or senior in high school, I mean, what kind of options were you were there for you for football? And, and how are you going to make this decision about whether it was going to be football or track? How did you do that? Coming up, I definitely I want to say I had I could go to any East Coast school for football or track. As a wide receiver? Yeah, at wide receiver. Some schools, actually Clemson, uh, Britt Venables wanted me at DB. Some schools saw, you know, different different potential in me. But I really, I, I think it came down to, I, I, tell, I tell everybody this, it really came down to where I saw myself for the next 20 years. Um, the next 20 I, years? Yes, exactly. Wow. Did I see myself as an Olympian or did I see myself as an NFL Pro Bowler? You know what I mean? I think Pro Bowl is the biggest, uh, the biggest accolade you can get. So, I mean, I just... I really, it, I, I thought about it so much. I thought about it. I had conversations with my dad, my mom, Coach Holloway. Um, now, we all talked about it. And, uh, of course, Coach Holloway is like, look, if no other school wants you for football, you, you can come You can come straight to Gainesville, Florida. I, I, I want you. I, I, I really want to get my hands on you, you know, just so we can start working. But I'm um, really, I sat down and thought about it. And I was like, yo, I'm not the best team player, so um, why not do an individual sport? Wow, that's incredible. So, I mean, the the picture was 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 pretty clear that you had this collegiate football talent probably on the NFL and it came down to you deciding what you wanted to be doing in the next 20 years and you said Olympics, Olympics, Olympics is it and that is quite a decision that you made. And so, you mentioned coach Holloway, you're talking about Mike Holloway. Are you guys related by chance? Yeah, we're distant cousins. Distant cousins. Okay, yeah, you have so the same last we, name. Yeah, exactly. When we get to uh when we get to practice and sometimes I'm not I'm being a little hard-headed. Yeah. He got the he got the he got the will from my mom and my dad to put his hands on me. So he, hey, okay, he can do it's, that. It's, it's fun. It's yeah. fun while it lasts. 
So those of you who are not familiar with the uh, collegiate track and field scene, uh, Mike Holloway is one of the legendary coaches in the game. University of Florida been there for a long time. I don't I have no idea how many All-Americans he's had, how many athletes he's sent to the Olympics. Many, 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 many. Yeah. He is he is not just a legend in terms of his his track and field acumen, but he's a great man, great human being. And I know exactly why your parents left you there with him. That's for sure. So what kind of a relationship has he has he been to you as a coach and as a mentor as you've grown up as a young man going uh, to school there and then continue to make these marks in the NCAA meets and then the U.S. championship meets in the world and then hoping for the Olympics? I mean, it's, just, it's exactly what you said. You know, he's a mentor. He's a coach. He's a friend. He's a father figure. The, the list can go on and on and on about the man. Like even today, like the, I told him, I was like, I'm getting ready to leave for Europe. Is there any way I can see you before I leave? He's like, oh. We can come out here on Sunday. We can get to work. You know, it's <laughs> it's the small things like that, and it's like he can drop everything on a on, on a dime just to you know nurture me and take care of me and coach me. So like you know, like my hat always goes off to him. Um, it was funny. Our funniest story is um, he could tell you this. Whenever when I was in college, he knows that I feed off of energy. I like to get fired up. Mm-hmm. So the story was uh, a lot of people weren't weren't performing well at the track meet. We we're in Arkansas actually. And a lot of people won't perform well at the, at, at, at the meet. Uh, of course, I was one of the team captains in my, in my last year in 2019. So he's he, we're all in a huddle. He tells us to get tight because he doesn't want everybody to hear him. So he's going. He's getting in us. He's getting in us. And I'm in the front. And he said, and this is your team. You get them up. And he pokes me. He pokes me in, that, in, in, in my chest with both his fingers. And then later that day, he said, yeah, I bruised my fingers poking you in your chest. <laughs> That's one of the, the legendary stories that, that, that we tell each other. But, I mean, the, 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 the stuff that he does for me is, is just remarkable. So wow. my hat always goes off to him. I hope he can give us a listen and get a smile of everything I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Something special about those coach-athlete relationships. And also something special about the relationships with teammates. And and, and what about gaming when you were, uh, you know, a college student there in Florida? What were you guys doing there amongst the team and in the dorm in terms of uh, comp- competitive gaming, what was happening? I mean, it sounded exactly how, how how you know. Like it can be a game of of Madden, a game of NCAA, a game of two K. You can be playing a fighting game. It doesn't matter where you're at or who you're going against. Your 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 goal is to win. You know, of course, it can get heated. Even to this day, we all still play play Call of Duty. We play Mario Party. We play Mario Kart. Every the, the list just goes on and on and on. Like everybody has a console, and now they're starting to make consoles where it's crossplay, and, and that meaning if someone has an Xbox and I have a PS, a PS4, or PS5, and someone else has a PC, we're all still allowed to play together because all the servers are all on one. So it's really starting to come together, man. And like I said, wherever I go, my PS4 goes. And especially, it's just it's just a fact that in you know I'm always I'm always. You know, if I'm bored, if I'm not doing nothing, I can knock out a couple of minutes on the game and just really just hang out and chill. Mm. So it seems to me like even when you go back to high school, you talked about playing so long on the on the on the game there and then through college. Is it is it like that place where you can go and and get away from everything, get away from the pressure of of competition and and but it's a I guess you could call it a safe place, a place, you know, where you can spend time and, and be good and then come back to. Real life, is that it? Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's definitely, it's definitely an outlet. That's one of the main things that I that I really enjoy about gaming. You know, it, it gives me an outlet away from hurdling. It gives me an outlet away from track and field. It gives me an outlet uh, away from just being a athlete. You know, athletes are held to a high standard. A regular person can do something, you know, unforgettable. But then if an athlete does it, it's front page on the news. 
So yeah. it's just one of the things, man, you know, it, having the game in my in my life is really it's really handy just because it, it takes the pressure off of me being Grant Holloway. It takes the pressure off me being um, 2019 world champion. It takes the pressure off me being American record holder. I mean, like, like I said, the list can go on and on, but like it just helps out with the pressure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that pressure is real. And, and, and for, I, I always remind people who are sports fans, why I think the Olympic stage is the greatest stage uh, in sports, because you know, if the University of Florida doesn't win the national championship this year in football, I'm just making a statement, then they have that stage again when next year, you know, same thing with an NCAA basketball or other sports. They have So but for the Olympians, you get that stage one time every four years and you have no idea what that journey is like to have to wait four years to try and have to get it right and have to get it right in 13 seconds or less, you know, three times to a final and then winning it. I mean, that's just people don't understand that. So you mentioned uh, your game is PS4, and you mentioned you're headed overseas. So wh- where are you headed next week? I'm headed weekend? to two track meets in France, one in Poland, and then one in Madrid, Spain for the final. En France, c'est super. Vous parlez français? Vous parlez français? No? Hey, you would have to... Uh, what'd you say? No say. <laughs> no say. No say. That might that might be Spanish, Grant. <laughs> I'm getting my languages confused. Hey, listen, you need to get one of those apps and start picking up a little. Oh, trust little, me, you know? I have I already downloaded the translator on my phone. I can't wait to use it. I yeah, cannot but, wait to use it. Yeah, but okay, you use the translator and let it speak for you. But at some point, you got to speak for yourself. You know, I'm gonna try, man. You I'm start up. You start up with, with with French. Bonjour, au revoir, comment ça va? How are you? Oh yeah, there you go. Bonjour. Yeah. There you go. Right. When you go to Spain, you said Buenos Dias. Oh, yeah. I know some Spanish. You got that? Yeah, I know some Spanish. It took me, I had to take four years of Spanish and I only got the Spanish three. I failed a couple times, but hey, I'm going to use it to the best of my ability. There you go. Now, when you go to Italy, do you know what to say? No. Ciao. Oh, okay. Ciao. I remember that one. Ciao. Como stai? Tutto bene? Yeah, okay. When you go to Germany, when you go to Germany, do you know what to say? Something like. Who said that? I don't want no hocking on my bread. No, no. Guten Tag. Guten Tag. Guten Tag. Uh, uh, that's what happens when you're a journalist, man. You get to learn and, and you get to be part of everybody's culture. That's one of the things I really yeah. enjoy um, watching. You know, I, I see people go to different places and commentate and, you know, they just really, yeah. you know, they build into their culture and they buy into their culture. And I think it's one of the remarkable things. That's it. That's it. And then we, and now I'm going to tell you though, I learned all this when I was your age over there competing. That's what we, we had to be able to speak. Hello, how are you? How much is that? Where's the restroom? What's your name? What's your phone number? We learned how to say all that stuff in whatever language we were, you know, we were in. So uh, country. And we used to carry around all these plastic bags with the different monetary units from the different countries. You know, now you go to the European Union and it's and it's the euro. Yeah. It used to be the German mark, the the French franc, uh, the Spanish, you know, the Italian lira. We used to have all this money. And carry it around from country to country, and you pull that bag out and use that money in that country and save it for the next trip. I mean, it was wild. Wow. So much yeah, money. They, they, they're definitely spoiling us now. I can tell you that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Listen, one of the, one of the biggest uh, things that I think we we've all had to navigate together has been this coronavirus pandemic. I mean, it's just been devastating on so many levels, and we always must pay respect to the people who've been lost and those who are sick and the frontline workers who are doing everything. So I say that in before I say ask you as an athlete. What has it been like for you to try to navigate 2020? Here you are coming off the world championships as a world champion, wanting to roll that momentum right into the Olympic year, and it didn't happen. How have you dealt with all that? 
don't know. It was definitely hard only because it's like you said, you want to, you want to take that energy and move straight into it. But I was able to run in 2020. I was able to run three track meets. And yes, you ran three. Wow. Yeah, three. In 2019, I ran 42. What? <laughs> yes, I know. And that includes long jumps in the relays, every, every, every meet that I competed. Now you're talking about in, in college for Florida because you were a senior then, right? Correct. And then into your professional career. So yep, 42 events. Those counted those Paris, USA's, and then Doha and Budapest. So that was the extra four. Wow. But man, like I said, it was, I had 40, I had 2019, 42 races, 20, 2020 only ran three. And with those three races, you you think I, I did 738 indoors and then 13 outdoors. Okay. So tell people what that means. Sorry. So 738. <laughs> great, great indoor time. 13, 13 19 was a, another time at once in hurdles. Pretty good, pretty decent. Uh, it's not not lights out, but it, it'll get the job done when it needs yes. to get the job done. Yeah. Uh, but definitely, it was it was it was interesting. But I think all that struggle and what's the word I'm looking for? The struggle that we had in 2020 finding meets and 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 trying to stay motivated. I think all that is catapulting me forward now because it's like. Look, I've been working out when I didn't have no track. I've been working out when I didn't have nothing to do. You know, you've been working out on and on and on. Now you have the chance to run, and now you're just your body's just like, all right, I'm tired of training. Let's just let's just hear the gun go off. Let's hear a couple of claps because everything is limited capacity, and let's just you know go forward with everything we got. Right, and that was that was evident last week in Fayetteville, um, Arkansas, at the first American Track League meet where you came out and ran. And tied your American indoor record. So that just to me is an example as a journalist of all the pent up energy and, and anxiety of wanting to compete, to get out there in your first race and tie the American record. That's pretty amazing. When you were on the circuit traveling, you said, you, what, what, what are you putting in your bag in terms of your gaming equipment? What, what do you take with you? Oh, so I, I, take, I take the whole nine yards. I take the HDMI cord, the power source, my headphones, controller, charging for my controller, and the PS4. I take it all. It goes right in my bag with my spikes. It, <laughs> okay. doesn't, it doesn't leave my back. Right. And so if I'm if I'm not mistaken, your spikes are going to go on the plane with you because that's the one thing you can't lose, right? So you're telling me the gaming equipment is on the plane with you as well, uh, in as the well, cabin? As well. My spikes, my uniform, an extra pair of socks and underwear, and my gaming console, all in my backpack. They can lose the rest of it, but you got and that, you right? You can lose the rest of it. You can, re- <laughs> you can get all that stuff back, but you can't get those other four. Hey, you're leaving this weekend, so knock on some wood real quick because I don't want you to call me back and say, we, we we joked about that and they lost my luggage. We don't want that to happen. And so when you're there, I mean, the gaming time that you're spending at a hotel waiting to, to go train or compete or eat or whatever, is that by yourself with other people, uh, other American athletes or with other international athletes? Or what? Do you, who's, who's gaming with who? So before it was, you're able to, you know, go in someone else's room and play the game. You're able to do this. You're able to do that. But because of COVID, of course, as you know, social distancing, wear a mask, do this, do that. So it's kind of like right now I'm planning on when I get over there, I'm, I'm, I have the mentality that I'm going to be playing by myself. Okay. But, uh, once we all get COVID tested, when we get there and we do everything that we got to do, then you'll know, okay, I, it's okay for me to go play the game with Noah. Or it's okay for me to go play the game with Keenan. Or it's okay, you know, it's okay to go to someone else's room. I'm just using those two people as examples because those are two people that I played the game with in Doha. Right. Uh-huh. And you talk about Noah Lyles, one of the greatest Amer- great American sprinters oh, yeah. uh, who is right there. On the- I love them both. I love them both to death. Yeah. Um, side note, I actually had a chance to run against Noah in high school. And ever ever since then, the man is still down to earth. I love him. Definitely share him as one of my brothers today. He, he's always been he's always been phenomenal. 
And it wasn't just something he woke up with or he trained hard. He had it at a young age. And yeah, Lord, I love his talent. Yeah, no, it's unbelievable. And if you remember back to the Doha World Championships, he represented the games he loved because remember he came to the track with, with the, the silver hair, hair right? Long story. Dragon Ball Z? I saw, I saw it before everybody because I was his roommate. So <laughs> Okay. You saw him spraying it, it up? Yeah, he spraying it up in the bathroom. So when he did it, I looked at him. I said, Noah, what are you doing? He said, I'm, I'm turning ultra instinct right now. I said, okay. <laughs> I put my headphones in and I went to sleep. I was like, yo, if you're getting ready to run, you do what you got to do to get pumped up. Yeah, I remember waiting for him out when he came off the bus to do a pre-interview that we would do sometime and roll back later. And he had his silver hair and everything. And he was he was. Rep- but I think it's cool because he's look, he's talking about what he's living, what he loves. And I think that's great for you guys to share with the public. If it's safe and doesn't get in the way of what you're doing, it just kind of builds on that personality, which we we absolutely love. What do you see for yourself after track and field? How long is the career if you had to predict it? And, and and what's important for you to accomplish? And then what do you think you might do afterwards? Uh, I definitely see myself being um, another one like the Allen Johnsons in the sport. Uh, I think Allen Johnson went to, he was about 36. Right. Um, took care of his body, did everything from seeing his doctors to chiropractors, taking care of the body, massage therapists, you know, he did everything that, that, that the sport demands that you do. I definitely see myself going until, you know, the engine is over. But um, I, actually, I don't know what I want to do after track and field. You know, I worked so hard to get into this sport, to get a contract and do everything. But I really just, you know, I, I, I took my time with it. And it was something that to this day that I still look forward to doing. I really just enjoy the competition. I really enjoy traveling the world. I really enjoy just being everything. I mean, like it is kind of scary at at the end because I, at at the beginning, I gave up everything for this sport. And now I have mostly everything that I've ever dreamed about. I have, except for being an Olympian and having a world record. Those are the only two things I'm missing from from my resume. Mm. So, I mean, like it is kind of scary, but that just means, you know, I have a good life. You know, that's something that I always dreamed about. And I'm just going to continue to work a thousand times harder to make sure I can keep this dream alive as long as possible. That's awesome. And and last thing for me is, is as you think about how I think the world needs the Olympics to happen, don't you? They, yes, we need I the games to happen to bring everybody together. And where do you think esports fits in the world of sport now, or even maybe alongside the Olympics at some point? How does esports fit along with the games, and and where do you think that might be going? I definitely think esports it fits in with if everything you think about it. Um, with esports, not just playing the game, but you can watch you can watch certain certain games i remember last night i was watching gators basketball through my ps4 you know just through a <laughs> console so you know just going forward it, it really just is able to bring everybody together it's just another it's just like a, another desktop it's not it's something else that everybody can log on to and really have so like me personally i think esports is actually going to make it into the olympics that's just a, a, a theory and a dream of mine okay um, not just saying that because we're we're having this talk together but really you think certain colleges are starting to have esport like gaming teams? Certain, certain like everything is really just starting to evolve around esports. And I know in Call of Duty, they're starting to have they're starting to have states that are that are that are named for each for each esport team for for certain Call of Duty stuff. So like I, I really think it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna come to a point where you know it's gonna be United States versus Italy and 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 something like one of the games. I think yeah. it's really down the line is definitely gonna get picked up. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really going to grow as well. And I, you know, I'm, I'm new to this whole 
world. And I'm just loving the discovery of it all. And I love the global aspect of it, which kind of goes alongside my, my little career in running. And then of course, in television. So hopefully as you continue, you get, you get to enjoy it personally, you know, by yourself when you need to get away, but also connecting with people around the world. I think that's what makes it great. Well, yeah, Grant, listen, man, you know, have a good trip to, to, to France. <laughs> every time I see, every time I see you, I'm going to hit you with something like that until you start responding back. You know, all right? Hey, look, I, I, will, I will accept the challenge, my man. I will accept the challenge. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me today, Louis. Yeah, thank you. It was great to see you in uh, Fayetteville, and and uh, we look forward to seeing what happens uh, as you go overseas and then back here to the states. All right. So take care, safe travels, and we'll talk soon, huh? Likewise. Thank you. Awesome. You got it. So uh, that's Grant Holloway, just a great young man. And, and I'm gonna, I am want you uh, to go online. I want you to check out a couple of things. Check out his world title run in 2019. Just Google search Grant Holloway, Doha World Championships. And you're going to see that moment that we actually called when he came down the track and just barnstormed over those hurdles to win. I'm not sure if our interview is there, but it was a lot of fun. But I want you to see that. And also, there's another great video if you if you Google search him and his coach, Mike Holloway, of just a day in the life of them at the track. And, and just look at the relationship between a coach and athlete and look at the respect that there is between the two of them. And, and also see that the, the embracing of hard work and whatever you got to do to be the best. Those are just great examples of what I think we can all be inspired by, which is why I believe we've got to have the games back again if they can happen safely, because the world needs to be inspired. And Grant Holloway is going to be right in the middle of all that. Well, guys, I just appreciate you guys connecting with me again on another episode of All In With Esports. Make sure you check out all the other content on esportsfutureye.com. We've got the digital magazine, of course, the Power Players League. We've got all kinds of great stuff happening there. Twitter, Facebook, we're there. Once again, a big shout out to Aaron and Sia and AJ at Innovation Media Enterprises. They are always an important part of our team helping to bring these podcasts to life. And if you haven't heard her, Rebecca Langawa has got a great show, The Future of Marketing in Esports. John Davidson, the DLC Mic Drop podcast. He's excellent. And then, of course, we've got a new one, Esports Ezine Magazine uh, podcast hosted by Chantel Boucher. And then don't forget about Dr. Mark Williams. He's got his stuff here as well. So much more original programming podcast. We've got so much stuff. Thanks for being here. Hope you've been inspired. And as I always say, let's talk again soon. Take care, guys. Thanks for being with me here on All In With Esports. We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to All In With Esports. Please remember to subscribe to your favorite podcast channel. And we would love to hear from you about this or other shows on the Esports Future Eye Network. 